This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are listening to me on Warning Radio or watching on social media, television. Again, I have today Apostle Don Beasley. We're going to continue with Christian mythology. Apostle Beasley pastors the Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. I'll give you a brief summary of the last program we did. If you did not get a chance to listen to it, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. You can click on the top button that says television radio. And when you see it come up, then go below radio. You'll see a button say listen, and you can hear my daily programs. You could also see it on social media, or you'll see a picture of Don right there on the radio program. Now, we've been talking about, again, Christian mythology. Last time we left off at the heresy of the emergent church. I'll give you a brief summary. We stated again about how we're living in very prophetic times. You can see prophecy coming to pass each and every day, including the FBI invasion of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, how Congress passed legislation for 87,000 new IRS agents that must be willing to carry a gun and use deadly force. Now, you tell me, ladies and gentlemen, what insanity. This is a civil matter. What in the world are they carrying weapons for? We talked about how the true church does not comply with changing culture, like the emergent church heresy is saying we evolve. Pastor Don mentioned the dangers of listening sympathetically to minorities, and you'd have to listen to that program to see the context he spoke it in. Don tells of the dangers, again, of what the FBI is doing when they searched Mar-a-Lago, ordering security cameras turned off. This is what happens in banana republics. How come there's hardly no outrage over the unconstitutional lawlessness of the Department of Justice, the FBI, the CIA, and other law enforcement agencies? I shared on some research of Brian McLaurin, who is accepted and lauded by most of the church, yet he is pushing this emergent church heresy. Talks about uh, McLaurin, talks about the theological 
uh, liberalism and, and rejects God as worthy of worship because of Noah's flood. He also says the Bible is an inspired library displaying a slowly evolving human view of God. And I mentioned how, again, we need to get back to uh, calling sin, sin, like homosexuality, and how when we were trying to stop same-sex marriage in the state of Washington, senators, members of the House, etc., attorneys, uh, clergymen used my studio. And on my program, I called it sin. Uh, Other places, wherever they were discussing it, debating it, They did not call it sin. And I kept saying, guys, we're going to lose this thing because who cares about your opinion? Your opinion doesn't matter any more than their opinion. You've got to get to a higher authority, sin. And I'll tell you, people are afraid to get to to that higher authority. And we lost. And same-sex marriage now is in the state of Washington. Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing okay other than, you know, you you see daily what's going on and it's a sad, like we've discussed before, a sad indictment against the church. Yeah, it is. It's uh, in the, you know, in the past times or, you know, I mean, you go all the way back to the American Revolution, you know, pastors and churches were involved in everything and in the moral decline of our country, the one thing that's missing is the voice of the church. And, um, uh, on any on any level, and what I mean, you can go back and you know you you go back in history and you look at all the way back in all the great awakenings that, that happened in the United States or in the West that we would really say not just in the United States. There was a strong voice from the pulpit declaring that God's you know His immovable character, Amen, on sin and things of that nature that you had to return to God and. Uh, in the, in, you know, in those times, that was what was going on. And, you know, when you go back, I remember when I was a kid, you know, they, they used to call the church all kinds of names, you know, and everything. And most churches were in, you know, old buildings and they didn't have a lot of resources and things that they have, you know, churches today have resources and money and things. And back in the day, though, when I was growing up, it was common to see people get healed and delivered and set free and uh, and, and, you know, even my own salvation was a radical transformation from where I was in deliverance. And, um, you know, uh, all the time people say, well, everybody doesn't have to get saved like that. And, and my viewpoint is, is how do you get saved if that doesn't happen? Yes. Because, you know, the reality is, is that we can't, we don't determine that we change. You can't, I don't care how much you want to change your desires. If those have been your desires for your whole life, uh, you got to have God help you to get new desires. And the Bible said, if we search after God with all our heal with the desires of our heart, and many people think he'll just take all the stuff that you love and want and give it to you. But I've always maintained that that passage of scripture says that God will change the desires of your heart. He will cause you to desire him and his ways over other things. And so back, what happened back when I was a young child in my teenage years, the church that had an audience with God uptown and they knew how to get a hold of God wanted an audience downtown with men and politicians and whatever. And they traded an audience with God for an audience with men. Yes. And in getting that, they got money and nice buildings and all this incredible stuff that comes from the world system, but they no longer had the ability to move heaven and bring God into the midst of whatever they were doing. 
And so for years now, we've been selling this gospel that's all about, you know, betterment of self and all these kinds of things that they're doing, which is not the biblical revelation of salvation and what God's after his glory. And, um, and so today we find ourselves with culture unraveling before our very eyes. That yes. we, have, we, we were given, this culture was given to us. It's like when the children of Israel that were in the promised land, when they are four generations deep in the promised land, they didn't know anything about how they got it. They just had it. And because of that, they were willing to, to let go of it or to lose it, you know. And so now today we find ourselves in the same situation and we need an awakening, not really, not one of these revivals they're talking about. We need an awakening because we have to return um, to God so that we can, we, and we're going to have to trade the audience downtown with men for the audience uptown with God. Yes. And that means we're going to have to come to the place where we don't care what they think. Right. No, we've, we've got to have, like you said, another awakening, a great awakening, uh, the greatest awakening the church has ever seen. Because I'll tell you what, uh, we are in such a critical stage in American history. Are we going to continue as the United States of America, a republic under God or not? And we got all forces, if I want to say from hell, trying to stop us. And so uh, I'll tell you, the church somehow has got to wake up, Don. It, it, the, the time is uh, one minute to midnight. It is. And, I, you know, and the answer really, you know, people say, what is this strategy or whatever? And the only strategy, when you look in Scripture, I find one thing that's, when you follow the patterns of the Old Testament, you know, sometimes we get lost in there and think there's no value for us in that stuff, and we're New Testament people, so we don't pay attention to the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is really the foundation that we grew out of, it's called Judeo-Christian, and the mistakes that Israel made with the covenant of God are the same mistakes we make with a covenantal God because we make the mistake they made. They thought that they were the the chosen people of God and to the point that they can do whatever they want to. And the Bible gives us the picture of them being married to God. And they're and in Jeremiah, you know, when God said you he asked, Go search the nations, has a nation ever changed as God? But you have that was that's literally a legal thing where God's calling up the court. He's taking Israel to court to divorce them. I'm no longer going. You you don't want me to be your God, so I'm not going to be your God anymore. And so you can do whatever you want to. And we've done the same thing with grace. We've so bastardized grace that you can just do whatever you want to because you're under the grace of God, and you can't you can't make God mad, and you can't get out of God's favor, and you can't actually lose your salvation or whatever. And we make this incredible mistake that we say we have God on our side and we don't understand we don't have a side. Either you're on God's side or you're on his enemy's side. And the question is, is are we on God's side, not is he on our side? When you walk with God and you're on his side, then he will defend you in what you're doing. But when you, when you get away from God, the problem is, it's so many people don't even know they're away from God, and that is because we have not preached God's word from the pulpit. In the Old Testament, the pattern that you'll see over and over and over is they sin against God, they break the covenant, and then they get into captivity or some kind of bondage or some kind of trouble, and then they cry out to God, and they do all their stuff. They fast, they pray, they put dust on their heads. They go through all the 
machinations of what you know, whatever they know how to do in man's way to say, God, we're sorry. But God looks at them and he goes, I'm not listening to you. You don't listen to me. And it sounds kind of crass when God says that. But God is saying to them, I've already given you my will and my word. And when you obey my word, I'll listen to you. And it, But until then, I'm not interested. And what you find out in their greatest times of captivity is when they would find the word of God and they would stand and read that and then they would then they would repent because they would say we're covenant breakers, that they would almost have instantaneous deliverance once they would return to the word of God. And I think that's the answer for us today is to return to preaching the word of God from the pulpits without fear, without all this nonsense. We got to reinterpret it. We got to speak to men's happiness, everybody will go away. I really believe, honestly, in all my heart, if we would just preach the unabated word of God from the pulpit, I mean, don't even add commentary, just stand up and preach the word of God as it is spoken from the Bible. I believe our churches would be packed with people because people are hungry for God, but they're not hungry for this nonsense they're being fed. Well, that's exactly right, and and that's the whole purpose that, uh, you know, eagle-saving nations... <clears throat> is started <clears throat> to get back to reality. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard Eagle Saving Nations before, uh, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Once again, www.worldministries.org and click on Eagles Saving Nations. It's exactly what we're talking about. Subscribe to it. We've got to get back into the NFL stadiums. We need to get back into the arenas all over America. We get got to get back, like Dawn is saying, to reality and focused on the third person of the Trinity, Pentecost, where once again our people are worshiping God and coming out of those meetings fearless, bold, like Peter was after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the greatest awakening I'm convinced that America has ever seen because I don't think America has been in this state like it is right now. We have got to have another great awakening. You know, the emergent church heresy done. Um, we've talked about it a little bit. You're doing a series in your church, and we've been continuing that on, on this program, uh, Christian Mythology. Dan Kimball, pastor of an emergent church in Santa Cruz. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not that, I know that he's, he has been a huge leader, written books, and he's, I mean, a couple of things I think that bother me. I don't want to be, I don't like to be personally against people, but the reality is, is that he, he thought he, he, he wrote a book that's called that they like Jesus, but they don't like the church, you know? And that's a book about, you know, let's change everybody's perception of who Jesus is. Like Jesus is some, you know, into all this social justice and these different kind of things like that. But then he wrote another book talking about, we have to re learn to reinterpret the Bible and this is one of the, probably one of the most dangerous things these emergent people do is they take very specific passages of scripture that are very clear in their intention and they reinterpret them so that they take this, they take all the bite out of them and all the uh, everything. They, they just reinterpret it to make it. It's like, it's, it's all going along. It's all about your personal happiness and your personal well being and being the better person and whatever. And what they've done is they, they're actually buying into the concepts of our culture that there is no, that they really are just saying there is no creator. There's no purpose. There's no design. There's no meaning to life. 
It's just going to be what you make it. And because of that, and how that, how that begins to affect the church, is that it undermines our confidence in the character of God. So what happens then is when you begin to embrace this randomness, you begin, the moment you do it, you begin to question the goodness and the power of God, and you replace it with something you create in your own mind. And then what happens is you begin to doubt God's character. So you begin to say things, does God love me? Does God care about me? Does God hear me? That kind of thing. It's also stolen a Christian's joy in trials. We can't have joy in trials uh, because we, when you think of it this way, but when you believe that God is a good God and he is in charge of things, then you can have joy in the middle of your difficulties. Then you see like Daniel in the lion's den, the Hebrew children, Paul and Silas in prison, Peter in prison. They, they did not lose their joy or their sense of purpose or meaning. And God met them where they were and did amazing things that show that he was, that not only was he sovereign, but he was still provident that he could move things. And it's, it's eroded our confidence in the control of human history. And so we just begin to believe that God's not really in charge of what's happening around us. And it weakens our faith in his providence in our personal lives. And then we begin to say, if God's not in control of everything, then maybe he's not really in control of salvation as we have once imagined it. And we begin to create this whole other version, a different gospel of how God works in our lives. And then it is also encourages personal autonomy. And we begin to say, if God's not in charge, then maybe I should be. And so then we, you know, get into this whole thing. And then we begin to actually buy into the concept of time, that time is random. And either we get into the whole concepts of karma, where history is just repeating itself over and over and over again, and we're stuck in a revolving door, or we get into the naturalism cycles that believes that time is linear, has a point A, a point B, but it's totally random, has no meaning. But the Bible teaches us that history's linear, goes from A to B, it is intentional, and it is highly consequential, even has eternal consequences involved in it. And so, you know, we just, what, what the, the biggest problem is, is we just have not taught that God is sovereign, he rules over everything, and that he's provident, and his plans cannot be subverted. And that's what we have to get back to. I like Psalms chapter 2. It says, why do the nations rage and plot vain against the Lord? Talking about how they're going to throw off his values and throw off his laws and do this. And it just says God sits in heaven and laughs. It's, it's so nonsensical to him. It, he, he finds it to be phony uh, to him because it doesn't change uh, who he is. And so what we have to come to the understanding is, is that no creature of God or any groups of creatures no nation or any groups of nations can undermine his purpose. Amen. God has a plan of the counsel of the Lord and that his will will be done from generation to generation. And so the church needs to understand that while the world is falling apart around us, so not Psalm 91, though a thousand, you know, a thousand fall at the one side, 10,000 the other won't come nigh to me. That means this whole nonsense in the world. God's going to raise up a church at this time, this remnant group of people to do his bidding, and they're going to know that he's in charge and that everything that he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And the Holy Spirit will give us the courage to cause the devil to pull his hair out 
because he won't know how he does not know if he can't use fear to divert you then and, and, and you have the power of the holy spirit the love of god pounding in your heart that drives out all fear you become an unstoppable force and so that's just really where i think we are and what we need to do uh, to understand how to get god to move again in our midst well i totally agree um you and I were, it seemed like, of the same cloth even growing up, and uh, I would love to go to church just to see the, the power of God, the move of God, the Holy Spirit. What would happen that night? Uh, in the morning, it was more of a traditional service. At night, we call, you know, it was called an evangelistic service. And right. I'll tell you what, uh, we saw things that today in most of these same churches, under these same denominations, you don't see. Uh, this is what we're talking about. We need another great awakening. You know, take right. a, take apart from the the mainline churches that are under the Federal Council of Churches, which is a Marxist communist covering. I don't know if people realize that the mainline churches. That's why they tolerate sin. Uh, they you can have a you can do abortion. You can ordain homosexuals as priests. The mainline churches uh, are are literally. In heresy in so many ways. Let's just say it the way it is. I'm, I'm so tired sometimes of, of sugarcoating things and people, we're losing America because people don't know where to go, what's right, what's wrong, what leader is preaching the truth, what is not. You know, Paul got to the point that he started to name some people because uh, they were leading other people to destruction. Uh, and that's where we're at. I think God's going to hold us accountable if we just uh, turn the other cheek, so to speak, and not see reality, not warn our people, hey, this person is teaching flat-out heresy. Done? Exactly. I, I mean, they, that is what's going on, and we need to really be paying attention to it uh, and, and, and dealing with it on a, in a real way with people, you know, to teach people the truth about what's really going on. So much of the time, we just don't do that in our, you know, as we're moving on through this whole thing that, that we're doing here, you know, as we just move our way through it, you know, that the, the concept, what we don't understand is, is that, like I talked to our people this past week about all the Ivy League schools, you know, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, you name them all. Every one of those were established as a theological seminary to train ministers of the gospel. And these were the mainline denominational churches uh, that did this stuff. And so, and they still have theological departments in all those schools. But those schools are no longer, uh, they are all, they were subverted. They actually got subverted and taken over. Uh, it's a long story, but through, through subsidies. There were three organizations that gave subsidies to these institution when they first started they give them 80 percent of their finances for the first 20 years of their existence and because no one could afford to go to school you had to go on some kind of a scholarship or something then they said they weren't going to give them the scholarships and in doing that they uh worked out a deal that they could write uh different textbooks and in those textbooks they took over so now all this nonsense is being taught today and it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or you're going to go to these schools. You're going to be taught from the same textbooks. And it, I just don't know that today there's a person alive that can go through these through those organizations. You'd have to be somebody like Daniel or whatever, because this is exactly what the, the Nebuchadnezzar and those guys were doing to these young people from Israel. They're trying to, to, to indoctrinate them 
with their theology and philosophies to train and teach their people. And so what we've done is we've had this going on now for 35, 40 years where these schools just been turning out all this stuff that we're dealing with are coming out of these schools. And so even the top level educated people or whatever are being turned in these schools that have been just taken over by basically by the Marxists. And that goes all the way back into the 1940s and 50s when all these cats came over here from Germany and Europe, where they just got thrown out over there and came over here and started teaching in all of our highest schools of education. And so that, that's what's really going on today is that we don't understand this. And people send their kids to these schools and stuff and pay all kinds of money. And the assembly has got, and I forgot what year it was, they did a survey. They were losing 80% of the kids that were coming out of assembly God schools even where they went to Assembly God school or if they went to these other schools, they're losing 80% of their kids when they went to college, never returning back to church or their faith. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, we're in serious trouble. Once again, I urge you, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Subscribe. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. We've got to have another great awakening, the greatest awakening that America has ever seen. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. My guest today, Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.